Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund podcast. Today, our guest is the lovely and vibrant Tina Verghese. Thank you for joining us, Tina. My pleasure, Tammy. So, Tina, tell us about what it is that you do. What is your business? I have a company called T-Works, and I specialize as a professional speaker and trainer. Most of my work is, my forte is cross-cultural communication from a business perspective, but I also speak on work-life balance and inclusive leadership as well. Oh, very important topics. I've I have to tell everybody that I went to your Fifty Shades of Beige and I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I learned so much stuff to smooth things over that I just did not know before going to your presentation. And I loved having you there because you get my humor. Yeah. And so nice having someone with a nice boisterous laugh in the audience. I love I love humor. I'm going, if you can make people laugh, it makes them remember and it makes them want to act on things. So it's it's wonderful as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. And what is your family situation, Tina? I'm married and I have two kids, a daughter who's 15 and her name's Jasmine and I have a son who just turned 13. His name is Alec. Oh, so you're going through the lovely joys of the teenage years. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I know a lot of people complain about these times. I have thoroughly enjoyed them. I have, uh, I just love really getting to know the little people that uh, my kids are becoming and seeing their personalities and their interests shine through. I can have true conversations with them. Luckily, they both have great senses of humor. So I haven't really suffered through uh, the teenage years I suppose, like some of my counterparts, some of my friends and their horror stories. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it so far. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I get off very lucky with my daughter being like my daughter's 14. But my biggest thing is she's turned into such a mushroom that like she was already an introvert to begin with, which is fine because her dad's an introvert and I'm a massive introvert. But trying to pry her out of her room to spend any time talking with us, it's like pulling teeth. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and mine are both, I would say, more on the extroverted side. Um, but I'm more on the extroverted side. Their dad's very much on the introverted side. So, uh, but they're a nice balance, actually, with both parents. So it's, uh, but I do know, I mean, I, on the inclusive leadership side, I talk about introverts and some of the challenges they have at the workplace. And, you know, some of it is so unfounded. We need to celebrate our introverts. They have a lot to add. 
being being an introvert, I, I happen to think that we bring an awful lot to the table, but we do it very differently than extroverts. Oh, I know it statistically. Yeah, statistically introverts. Actually, statistically introverts make better leaders than extroverts. Think, thinking about money, thinking back to when you were a kid, when did you first discover that money was something that was important and you needed to start paying attention to it? I thoroughly remember my mom saying money doesn't grow on trees. And that was a phrase I heard consistently throughout my youth. And that became part of my DNA. I also think I had little inklings of becoming an entrepreneur when I was very, very young because I started these little, little businesses at the age of three with my best I kid you not, with my best friend. <laughs> We thought, you know, we saw newspapers being delivered. We didn't realize they're only good the day of. Mm. And went out and sold newspapers door to door to complete strangers. You can imagine how horrifying <laughs> that would be in 2017. Two three-year-olds going to complete strangers' home. And I, I do remember getting a little bit of change, more out of sympathy, and know there was value attached to it. So that happened at a very young age. That's that's quite that's quite amazing. What did what did your parents think of this? What I think it's amazing, but like you said, three years old going up to stranger stores. Yeah. What did your mom think? Honestly, don't you think parenting? Uh, you know, I grew up in the seventies, so parenting, what as far as I was concerned, was free range. You know, my parents didn't see me in daylight hours as long as I was occupied. I did watch. You know, Sesame Street and Gilligan's Island and Happy Days. But other than that, they did not see me in daylight hours. And I was, we played. We played outside. We weren't structured. We didn't have activities. I remember that being such an integral part of my childhood. So, you know, it's just a very different world that we live in. So they weren't horrified because that was sort of the norm. Whereas now we'd be calling the police. Well, yes, we. I grew up in the 70s too. And like you said, very, very free range. But... I grew up very rural. Like, our closest neighbor was, like, a 15-minute walk if you were really, like, hauling it. Yes, so. and I grew, in, I grew up in the city. So, honestly, we, we used all of the area around us. Back alleys were our best friends. It was a very different time. And I always tell that to my kids because I try to give them a little bit of the childhood I had. And they actually talk about it. It's hilarious. And what, what do they say when you, when you tell them the difference between how, like, the freedom... And, and, and responsibility that you had as a kid versus kids today, which is extremely different. They prefer the freedom. <laughs> we have freedom 55. They would love freedom 13, 15. They would, <laughs> they, they love the stories of my childhood and having that much freedom. And my little guy, he's 13 now, but I think he was about nine, wrote me a note and said, I've gone with my best friend to Max with a little bit of money. We're going to have the childhood you had. Oh. I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, I know you're not kidding. I think that's, I, I think that's pretty good. I've, I've been working over the years to, to give my daughter more and more of the freedom. Not anywhere near to the extent that I had as a kid, but definitely more than a lot of kids nowadays have. But my, my issue with, with, with my daughter and why I haven't given it to her sooner is she's just, because she's such an introvert and she gets so much into her own little world that she doesn't pay enough attention to what's going on around her. Ah, uh, fair enough. Which yeah. makes mom nervous. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's child dependent, uh, parent dependent, and and situation dependent. Yeah, she 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 likes it. 
when when she rides her bike to school, which she hasn't been doing as much this year for some strange reason, and because she gets out early on Fridays, and and she she loves the thrift store, so she'll ask me if it's okay for her to go to the thrift store on her own, and she does that, and I said, I don't care if you go, as long as I know that you're going, and when to expect you home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and And she loves going, and and whenever she finds like a find, she's she's so excited about it. She's gotten a couple of dresses, and she, mom, I got this great dress, and it's so cheap. I got it for like two bucks. Awesome! That's awesome. So she thinks that's pretty pretty fabulous. Yeah. Obviously, you stuck with with your entrepreneurial spirit in, in the fact that you you did start a business as an adult. I did, but it wasn't immediate, uh, so I've had my company for 10 years, but I think we often have inklings of what our true passions are at a very young age, so I think I think if we listen hard enough, we'll actually know what we wanted to do, so yeah, I think I had that entrepreneur spirit, whatever, lack of a better word, at a very young age, so it's it's been a very fun ride for me. And have you been discovering any of that entrepreneurial spirit carried on to your kids? Yeah. Uh, bizarrely, um, my daughter had a, at age eight for family only, she had a, a spa, which she called zucchini wrap. Oh, is the name. And then she did, uh, iced and sliced, which was a cake, cake, uh, baking and decorating company. She only had one client and we had to run it through, uh, my company. And, uh, when the CFO of the company, who was also her, Godfather ended up quitting the position. We lost our delivery boy, so. But I'm sure she learned an awful lot through that experience. I, I hope so. I think she loved the fact that she was able to do something that she loved and be able to charge for it. So if that's what she learned, great. <laughs> do, do your kids ever ask you questions about money or business or anything like that? And if they do, what, what type of questions are they asking you? Well, my son already has figured out he wants to work for himself, and there's no question in my mind that's come because of uh, my influence and seeing the flexibility. I always went, at being a working mom, I started working for myself because of the flexibility it offered. I found working in a full-time position didn't give me the opportunity to be the mom that I wanted to be, and I think he sees that, uh, the flexibility piece, so he's already uh, made comments about working for himself, um, which I've told him is a great uh, idea, but always to get experience first. And to get that experience, you have to work under really great people to learn things. Oh, so yes. he's already he's already started to see inklings of that. Um, I they they learn like they actually do a lot. Of, I'm sure I'm child labor laws are not something that I'm necessarily um, using because I employ my kids to do a lot of work for me. My son edits my videos. I do a lot of YouTube videos, and he is by far the best editor I've had. They're digital kids, right? They are. They grew up basically with iPads. <laughs> Exactly. So they, he does all my editing. My daughter does quite a bit of my administrative. Uh, she was the receptionist at my own public event. So. And she did a fabulous job, I have to say. <laughs> she, she really did. She surprised me, but she completely took that on. Um, I told her, just look like you're 21. She's only 15. I said, look like you're 21. Oh, I bet she loved that instruction. <laughs> she did. I think that was incentive. You need to know your client. What's going to work? Yeah. And so they, yeah. So I think, 
some of the questions, you know, they'll ask me very basic questions. You know, what's GST and how do you break that out? And why do you want to charge expenses back? And, you know, how do you, why do you have to pay taxes? So they, they've asked questions that at the end of the day, I wouldn't have even have known to ask when I was their age. But it probably has an awful lot to do with the fact that you're exposing them to it so that they have, they, they have the experience to ask the questions. If you've never, if you've never been exposed to something, you don't even know what you don't know. Good point. And I, you know, a lot of my work, quite frankly, is on the dining room table. So they're exposed because it's a mess and they have to, you know, put dishes down to, to, for us to eat. So they're going to see it. Well, I, I, I completely agree with that. I'm, I'm going, I would probably have issues with the child labor laws too, because my <laughs> daughter's been, like, she helps me with my events and, 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 and she does filing and things for me and she's helped me with, with projects and different stuff and, and comes out when I'm, when I'm teaching. I, I tell people that, yeah, I took 30 hours of mat leave because I couldn't teach because that was the one day I gave birth and she was teaching oh, with me the next week. And so she's just, it's always been part of her life. It's part of their DNA. And I think it's a positive and a negative, you know, in the way that they learn what they like and they also learn what they don't like through that exposure. So I think it's the best thing that we can do for our kids. And they're, you know, they say that statistically they're most influenced by the same sex parent. So I like to ensure that I'm a strong role model in whatever capacity for my daughter, because I think at the end of the day, that's who she's learning from. Well, and actually I've read a lot. There's been a lot of studies that actually show that having a mom that works is not just, it's super, super important for the daughters, but it also has an extreme positive impact on the sons as well. Oh, I could see that. That makes total sense to me. So what what are some of the things that are that you're consciously working on teaching your kids about money and business and that? Because obviously you have them working in the business. <laughs> yeah, not on a full-time basis. Oh, um, no, not full-time, but you have them doing stuff. Yeah. One thing I think that I, both my husband and I have probably drilled into them, and I think it's partially what, how we were raised as well as the era we were raised is, um, not just manage, managing debt, but banishing debt. Debt sort of, uh, you know, in some households, I think it's probably, uh, part of the norm. It's not part of the norm in our family. So they're very well aware of credit card debt. Um, paying off credit cards in full every month, being very conservative um, with their money, understanding the importance of savings. But at the same time, um, I'm not a big believer of just being a squirrel. Like you have to enjoy life at the same time. So understanding a need versus a want. So those are some of the things that we talk about. Um, and I have a very open relationship with my kids. So, you know, I, I like, for example, I literally just got a speeding ticket. Okay, my third one in two <laughs> probably the last six months. A real speeding ticket or one of those nasty, pointless cash grabs known as photo radar? Point, pointless cash grabs that somehow they seem to, I think they know my car yep. at this point. And I, I was just saying to the, the kids, you know, I'm like, this is a life lesson. This is, you know, after tax money that I am throwing out simply because... You, you weren't paying attention to where they were set up. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's also, I'm like, gosh, that's money right out of my pocket. Like, this is crazy. And at the end of the day, the why behind it is I'm often running late. So the bigger lesson here is, hey, why not just be five minutes on time so it's not costing me stress and financial funds? So right there and then, I have no issues telling my own kids where I've screwed up yep. <laughs> because they can learn from that. 
Well, they and they do. They pay. They pay attention, and they 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 see. They see all this stuff. They they see it, and they watch me write the check and complain and swear under my breath. So, yeah. Photo radar is a big conversation in our house because we absolutely hate it. It's very rare that we ever get hit with one because we just pay attention. But I'm going has nothing to do with safety. It's just them setting up a cash register on the side of the road because it makes lots of money for them. I'm clearly not paying attention, and I am funding our city's most of our services at this point. <laughs> Kid you not. Well, thank you for doing your part then. Yeah, I'll, I would, I'd like to decrease doing my part. <laughs> well, let's do your part in different ways, okay? <laughs> and, and, and do you find that there, there's anything different about how you go about dealing with the kids with money from your, than from your husband? So my husband and I, this is quite funny. We are very much on the same page when it comes to money. He is, uh, an accountant by trade. Oh my. And so I think when you're an accountant, you know, there is a different DNA in there. So I found out after we got married that if I wasn't, you know, fiscally responsible, prop most, most likely we wouldn't have gotten married yep. because it's, it's such an ingrained part of him. Um, definitely from a professional perspective as well as from a personal perspective, how he was raised. So I wouldn't say we're too off base in terms of how we've raised the kids when it comes to, uh, the importance of, of money and, and saving it. Um, I probably spend more than my husband does. I'm certainly not a spender, but I would say sometimes I think, you know, he probably doesn't have as much fun as he probably can afford to have because, you know, he's saving for rainy day. I'm like, you're not a squirrel. Like yeah. we need, to, you know, you got to live as well. So I think there's a really fine balance, but I'm not a big believer of, of spending outside of your means. I think that's, you know, very key is to really create a budget for yourself, be aware of your budget. And, you know, at the same time, make sure you're having a lot of fun, but living within your means is so very important. I've seen too many of my good friends uh, suffer. It causes a lot of stress and a lot of that can be mitigated, I think. Well, and, and what I found through, through the years working with people, it's not that they don't mean to, but they're just so busy and they're so unaware that they're, they don't even know what all is going on or that they are spending outside of their means because they never pay attention to what the means and what the, what the actual outgo is. <laughs> yeah, I find it very bizarre that all families don't have a, a budget, a working budget. And, and they, you know, we had to do an exercise uh, where we had to literally go through all of our spending habits for a year and see exactly where our money is going and percentage wise and, you know, it, it was really an interesting exercise that I would recommend everybody does because it just gives you great insights. Even if you want to trim, even if you don't need to trim, you need to still know where those funds are going. Well, yeah, a lot of people, unfortunately, think budget is a four-letter word. Yeah, no, it's very strange to me. It's, it is strange, but it is, I think, partially it was how I was raised as well. Well, which is which is a good thing, and I explain to people, no budget. Budget is like it's the foundation piece. The budget is what helps you get ahead, and 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 all of this stuff. And it's not complicated, but so many people think, oh, you have to if you put yourself on a budget, you're not allowed to have any fun, and and it's all saving for a rainy day, and and all of this stuff. So they don't want to do it. Where when they actually sit down and go through it, it's actually very empowering. Absolutely, I think it, it gives you. 
um, control over your funds and uh, almost permission to do the things that you want to do because you've been fiscally responsible. Well, yeah, and it allows you to plan, like, where do you want to go and, and, and it eliminates so much stress. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're very lucky. Uh, you know, my husband and I, I know many, many couples, I think they have five, you know, topics of, of biggest areas of stress in a marriage and finance being what? Number one? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's one area we don't actually fight on because A, we're on the same page, but B, I think, you know, we do understand the importance of, of a budget and, and living with, definitely living within our means. And that doesn't mean not having fun. You know, we certainly go on vacations. We certainly go out with friends. I like to go to restaurants and plays, etc. But at the same time, I have no issues watching Netflix and eating microwave popcorn as well. Yeah, it's all like you said. Keep saying it's all about the balance. So to finish up here, if you could make sure that your son and daughter know three things inside and out when it comes to money for when they move out of the house, what are the three things you want them to learn? I would definitely say number one is manage your credit card debt or nullify it. Don't, don't, if you can manage your debt, obviously, um, some kids are going to be in positions of student loans, et cetera. So some of it is, it, you can't necessarily escape, but to at least be uh, aware of it and understand how you're going to manage that debt yep. would be probably number one. Um, number two, keep a budget. I think, um, having a budget at every stage of your life is very important and, and re and making sure that you, um, take the time to go over your, not just your e daily working budget, but, you know, at a very high level, go over your investments, your RSPs, TFSAs, you know, kids coming out of university. I know I started my RSP from a very young age and that compounding factor has, has implications. So to understand the basics, of finance, I think, is very important. I wish I understood the basics even now more. I think a lot of, unfortunately, women um, don't necessarily understand the basics of finance. And, you know, it can you don't know what can happen. Divorce, death, um, injury, whatever it might be, we need to empower ourselves. Um, and lastly, um, be responsible. Have some fun, but ensure that you're balanced as well. And not just from a fiscal perspective, but in a life perspective. Oh, those are absolutely excellent things. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day in order to chat with us. My sincere pleasure, Tammy. Anytime. All right. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.